From the studios of Teeing It Up in this one for Jersey, this is Teeing It Up presents uh, Danny Flecker to talk about this upcoming weekend. And we join you on Veterans Day. Danny, uh, sorry, well, well, first of all, thank you to all those out there who have served our country, and specifically Danny. Thank you to your friend Nick who served us. Uh, we owe a, a, a ginormous debt of gratitude to each and every one of you. Uh, well said. Um, how big of a surprise? What was what was more of a of a surprise? The fact that LSU beat Bama, or or the way that Georgia beat Tennessee? I, I think it was. I, I think it was both. To be honest, um, I didn't watch much of the LSU game, but. Their ability to keep the game close, fluster Alabama, and then the end to have the confidence and ability to make yeah. the decision that Kelly made, you know, really deserves some credit on there. And they, they've really turned it around after an abysmal showing on week one. They look to be riding the ship here and there throughout the season. They've had some, you know, performances that, that allowed them to win, but weren't really top tier performances. They had the stinker against uh, Tennessee a couple weeks ago, uh, but I followed it up with some impressive wins, you know, beating Ole Miss, and now with this win against Alabama, you have to think that they are on a path right now. Um, you know, there, there are still some areas they need to focus on heading into the offseason. You know, their quarterback play definitely needs an upgrade, but overall they've done a really good job of adjusting and uh, I think outperforming expectations in year one. As for Georgia, you know they were able to take Tennessee completely out of the game. Um, that Tennessee was reduced to having plays that were you know um, you know chain moving plays instead of chunk plays, and they were unable to step up to the the task of uh, finding a way to beat Georgia over the top. Their run game was completely stuffed, and, and Georgia dominated on on both lines. So. You know, it was surprising to see Tennessee get so thrown out of its comfort zone when they were able to do whatever they wanted to do the last, you know, this entire season. So, you know, it's games like that that make you think back and make you realize that maybe the way we rank teams or the way that we jump on teams after, you know, certain games is it's always nice to maybe take a bit of a pause and realize that. Every week is different. Every matchup is different. And, you know, Georgia proved that if people still want to be considered number one, they have to go through that. Which was more of a surprise, those two things or the fact that the Jets' defense and offense found a way to beat Josh Allen? <laughs> I, I mean, I was, I was very surprised with the, with the Jets. Um, you know, the opening kickoff... To me, signal that the Jets are going to just get blown out. Yes, yes. <laughs> was, a was, slip was, on the on the opening kickoff is a very Jets thing. Yes, that's like that's a play you look at. And you're like, oh, it's going to be one of those days. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the Buffalo Bills were, were owning that early part of that game, up fourteen three. You know, Josh Allen the first quarter, I believe, threw like a terrible interception. Yeah. Like, 
you know, I don't know what he was thinking or what he was doing. He but never saw him. He just never saw him. He thought he could I, shoot like an easy screen pass, and it was like, whoops, nope, you're not doing that. I don't even think it was that. I, I think he was trying to throw. I don't know who he was throwing it to, but the nearest receiver looked to be Dawson Knox. It was a good five or six yards yeah. in front of where he threw the ball. You know, that definitely you know changed the game and. The, the Jets in their back and the back end, you know, were able to make some big plays. You know, I still worry about their offense. You know, wins a win. You got you don't apologize for a yeah. win. Yeah. You know, Zach Wilson made a lot of adjustments in that game, um, given what we've spoken about him. I I want to see how sustainable the changes are that he made. You know, we, we've talked about that he is a one read passer, holds on to the ball, can't really decipher defenses. And as soon as I say that last week or the week before, whenever it was, you know, he comes back in this game and he had, you know, very quick releases, quick dropbacks, scrambling was was positive on his end. So we'll see how sustainable that that is moving forward. Um, but to be able to, to win one of those games, putting them in a spot where they're in a good, good, you know, area right now for them to get to the playoffs and, and, you know, a, a nice bye week here to kind of reset and hopefully get some, you know, players healthy, you know, m- might help out the Jets long term. Uh, but, you know, it, it still all hinges on, on Zach Wilson um, at the end of the day. And if he can kind of ride this momentum a little bit into Foxborough and, and string some games together where he's the catalyst for the win, um, you know, uh, then I'll be very impressed. But I'm still going to be a little bit reserved about how far I think this team can go just based off of, you know, the body of work we've seen from Zach Wilson. How do you feel about your Giants exiting the bye week? It's always weird when you come off a bye week, you don't quite know where 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 people are. You had the awful loss of Xavier McKinney on what like a freak ATV accident. Uh, so you've got now a new defensive signal caller um that's just you know you just never know what type of team you're getting coming out of the break and here's a perfect example yeah i mean we know where he was he was very upfront about what he was doing uh why he was doing that in the middle of the season i don't know you know when that happened you know i'm grateful for the season they're having but that's something a two and six team player does not when you're six and two you have to be a little bit more conscious of, of what's happening um you know save your atv rise for for the off season but overall this giants team you know they, they this is a big stretch for them their next six games four of them are divisional games you know starting with dallas on thanksgiving and you know these next two weeks here Gives them an opportunity to play lesser opponents at home in in a spot where they get these two wins. They're eight and two with seven games left. Now that then you're looking at hopefully winning you know two or three of the remaining uh, schedule to get yourself into the playoffs. So you know these are a big. I'm not going to understate what their divisional games are. Because it's going to be important to be able to beat Washington and, you know, give good performances against Dallas and Philly. But if they can take care of this week and next week, 
I think they're in the driver's seat for one of those wild card spots, barring a you know catastrophic letdown, which has happened with the Giants historically in the past. But you know, if they can take care of business on Sunday and then you know take care of business against the Lions next week, you got to think that they're in a, in a situation that they didn't expect to find themselves in, but will be happy to be in that situation. When did you last play on Thanksgiving? I'm trying to think. There was the butt fumble game for the Jets and maybe one after that. Uh, the yeah. Giants, last time they played on Thanksgiving, yeah. I think, was like Lawrence Taylor's rookie year in so, Detroit. Yeah, so it's going to be very weird. It's going to be a weird day, a weird mixed feelings. Do you have any concerns about them versus Dallas, who at least you know going in, this is your deal, you're doing this? Like... That game, even though we're three weeks out, for me, that's almost... To me, that game fascinates, fascinates me on many X's and O's levels, but it also does off the field in terms of, is that a trap game as well? Because you just have not done it. Yeah, I mean, it's their, it's their Thursday game for the year. So I think, you know, they, they were going to get one of those Thursday games regardless. It just happens to be a standalone game on Thanksgiving... In Dallas, you know, Dallas doesn't always play up to expectations on Thanksgiving, um, you know, historically, but it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be an interesting game regardless. You know, they played yeah. them tough first time they played them on Monday night back in September. Granted, this team now has Dak, and, you know, they'll probably be a little bit different, you know, offensively than they were against them in September, but, you know, Dallas is good. They have a good defense. Micah Parsons is a problem. You know, they didn't really do a great job of protecting Daniel Jones the first time around. They have some injuries on the offensive line. You know, if those players are able to get back for that game, then maybe they'll be in a better situation. But, you know, I think the Giants will be, you know, 7 to 10 point underdogs in that game. And, you know, for good reason. It's a tough, tough game, tough opponent, weird week. So, you know, there's a lot of things going against them in that game, you know, right as of right now. Danny Flecka with us with a, a Danny Flecka is with us, excuse me, on teeing it up, uh, as he usually is. And flipping back to college, I always like to ask Danny a funny off off uh, off subject question. Have you begun doing the playbook for your family Thanksgiving football game yet? No, there will be no family football game. I'm going to be on the couch watching the games. <laughs> I've I've retired from mine, and I'm not sure we're going to have we, we're going to have enough bodies for hours, but we'll see. But I have retired due to uh, broadcasting needs, <laughs> and I just had enough of that game. Enough drop passes. Um, some will drive you around, drive you out of the NFL with a pink slip. I've, I've said, thank you very much, that's it. Um, TCU, Texas. I asked you yesterday, why is Texas favored even though TCU is the better team and the team that has a, a chance to make it to the playoff? Uh, do you still feel the way you did last night about Texas being the better team? Uh, which is a fascinating scenario of here's a team, Texas, not ranked, I believe, right? Are, are, they, are, are, are Is uh, Texas ranked at all? I believe they're they're ranked. I think they're like 20th or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, against this behemoth 
that is trying to insert the Big 12 into the playoff. Yeah, I think the reason why TCU are dogs here is, you know, a lot of people rate Texas very highly. Um, they're at home, night game. TCU's had trouble putting opponents away. I don't think Texas is the better team. I think this is going to be a closer game than the spread indicates. But TCU is going to be, for the first time, I think this year, a dog. So I think there's a lot of value there on a team that's undefeated, that has got a good offense, that seems to play up to the, the situation. Yeah, but the one thing TCU needs to be sure of in this game is not to fall behind, which they've done a lot of the last couple of weeks in their games. But you know, for me, Texas needs to prove it. Um, they they had a tough game against Alabama this year, lost by one. They beat the crap out of Oklahoma, who didn't even have a quarterback um, that game. Uh, they had a tough. They had an impressive win last week against Kansas State, but let them back in the game. So. You know, I have trouble believing in a Texas team that has had trouble closing in the you know in the last couple of years against top teams. And TCU does give this team problems. Um, they TCU, I think, has won the last couple in a row. Um, and if they haven't won the last couple in a row, they've all been tight games. So I think it's going to be another tight one. Um, the implications, obviously, are TCU are very visible. They're right there. But that's the problem, I think, with the Big 12. I think at the end of the day, they're just going to cannibalize themselves. And they're going to be left out of the playoff. I do think TCU is going to stumble at some point. It might be this weekend. But I, I do think TCU is going to be able to just stick with them. And we'll see which, which you know, defense is able to step up and plays they need to. Danny Flecker with us here on Teeing It Up. Uh, it is interesting to look at the landscape overall. And... Um, because I, I think, and, and by the way, Texas is 18th in, in the playoff ranking, uh, just to, to just, just so I fix that little boo-boo. Um, because if they go down, then I would think you start looking west. If, if, if Georgia's won, um, I, I Georgia was one, Ohio State's two, Michigan's three. One of those two is going to, I would think, eliminate each other. You then start going to maybe the Big 12, or is it then out west to the Pac-12, or is it another SEC team? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's still a lot to be left um, to determine in this playoff situation I think at the end of the day you're going to see the SEC champion there um, if it's not you know I, I, yeah regardless I think the SEC champion yeah. there now if that's LSU I think Georgia gets a spot so that gives you your two SEC teams if Georgia wins LSU's out so there's that and you know LSU could lose before that too so yeah. you know, I'm not confident they're going to be there so I'll say that. So you have Georgia. Then you have the Big Ten champion, uh, Michigan or Ohio State, most likely. And then that's where it gets a little bit tricky. You know, if TCU wins out undefeated, they're in. 
Yeah, then you have teams like Tennessee, Michigan, Oregon that are going to be sniffing around. USC could be sniffing around. UCLA could be sniffing around. Um, you know, it's there's a lot left to be said. You know, I don't want to get into these like guessing games because there's still so much more that needs to happen. And right. you know, projecting this out is fools a fool's you know task. Like, there's no reason for us to get so worked up about where these teams are ranked because. A hiccup here, a loss there, uh, an injury—you know, whatever it could be—could throw this whole thing out for you know, throw it for a whack. So, uh, if there's one thing I think I know is I think Georgia will be there. Other than that, I, I could you know flip a coin on each team and they could potentially be in the playoff. Let's look at this right now, though. In this sense, um, you have Indiana versus Ohio State, three and six versus nine and zero. Oh. Three and six versus nine and zero. Oh, Nebraska versus Michigan. Are either of these teams in trouble on Saturday? Ohio State, no. I'm sorry. Can you say the other teams again? Indiana, Ohio State, Nebraska, Michigan. No, I think they're both fine. I mean, Nebraska is playing with the interim coach, who you know has no you know who's doing his best to try to keep that team together, but they're a shell of themselves. They're out there starting quarterback. Their backups are not very good. Michigan should be able to run the ball through that defense, no problem. I would not be surprised if it's a you know a thirty point plus win for them. On the other side, you know, Ohio State, poor performance against Northwestern last week. I think we'll see some offense this week by them. And, and you know, Indiana's just in a really, really tough spot right now. So I don't anticipate them giving them much of a much of a battle there, you know. I, I think for for both teams, you know, just looking at, you know, let me just take a look real quick at their their schedules here. But again, like not trying to get ahead of ourselves with with anybody. I I don't know if there's anybody left that either of these teams could be playing that could necessarily like trip them up. And and and, and, and that's why I I was kind of flipping it out west because I'm thinking, all right. T- you know, TCU fate, TCU's fate will be decided here. We think that then puts you at Oregon, Washington, and is this a Wash U team? Oregon, thirteen point favorite at home, seven and two Washington team, four and two in the Pac twelve. Are they somebody that can trip somebody up and give somebody a, a, a second loss? And now, on paper, happen? on paper, Oregon should be Washington. Uh, but Washington, I mean, Oregon has Bo Nix, and he's been playing lights out this year. But we all know and have seen what Bo Nix has been, at, and, you know, in certain in certain situations. Will that rear its ugly head? You know, Oregon still has to play Utah. You know, you mentioned Washington. Those are two tough games left on this schedule still for Oregon, and that will determine, you know, where they end up. Um, and not to mention the Pac-12 championship game, whether that is UCLA, USC, or if Utah sneaks in there. Uh, they still have a lot of tough games left. So I think they get by Washington this week, but by no means are they in the clear after this. And not to mention they sell Oregon State, too. So they have a, a pretty tough end to the season here. Um, I feel like they've definitely exceeded expectations. Uh, but they're going to need to continue to play the type of football they've been playing if they want to be, you know, continue to be mentioned for a potential playoff berth. I still think that they're 
they probably have one of the toughest roads left of the teams uh, that are fighting for that you know fourth spot. Yeah, which is a really interesting um, situation. Thinking ahead while trying to stay present at the same time. Uh, flipping ahead to Sunday, I want to ask you about three games on 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 this week's NFL slate. Nine thirty in the morning, Seattle, Tampa, in Munich, Germany. First ever NFL game in Germany. Nothing against Seattle or Tampa or Germany or all the folks who have tried to get this right. But these games tend to have something weird happen. And I just have a feeling that this is some scrappy Geno Smith game that I don't know. Like Seattle wins it by one on a missed extra point on sloppy turf or something. Like, Does that make sense to you? (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Tampa's been so bad this year. Yes, um, like this game should not be close, and I feel like it is going to be close. That's my general point. Yeah, you know, Tampa's defense still, I think, can perform at a level that keeps them in games. Um, and, you know, we saw that happen last week um, in the in the game against the Rams. So, you know, there's still... There's, that that allure with Tom Brady that he's going to be able to will these teams and, and his his team into into victory, and they're tough to watch. They are very tough to watch. And Seattle's been humming, you know, both offensively and defensively the last couple of weeks. So you sort of have this you know contrast of styles going at it in this game. Throw in that they're overseas in Germany, completely out of whack. Their schedule, their habits, everything is, is you know, outrageously different. You know, Seattle's gonna be playing at six thirty in their in the morning their time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I expect a close game. It, you know, the, the line is two and a half. Seattle's outperformed expectations. You know, sometimes you feel like the other shoes gonna drop, but maybe they're just a good team. Um, and in Tampa, you expect to turn the corner, and maybe they're just a bad team. Uh, so, you know, I think this week will go a long way in proving either side. But, uh, you know, I'm with you. I expect this to be a tight game, low scoring, you know, probably you know, 24-20, somewhere in that range. I got to give the edge to Seattle just given what they've been doing. But, you know, like we saw last week, you give Tom Brady the opportunity to to do something, he's going to do it. Um, and Tampa should have won before they even scored their touchdown. The guy, the, the ball hit the guy in the face <laughs> in the end zone, and he dropped it. Um, and then they got the ball back after a defensive stop. Uh, but um, I, I expect this to just be a, a close game, weird game. And you know, I think Seattle cements themselves as a serious contender in the NFC, or. Tampa saves their season, perhaps, and, and jumps in the first place in the NFC South, and kind of has a you know the driver's seat in, in that division for the playoff spot. Crazy, just absolutely berserk. What could happen on Sunday? Final thing with you, Danny, Dallas, and I read that matchup right, correct? Dallas, yeah, Dallas Green Bay. Uh, what the, what the, what the with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I think, I think between the Packers, the Rams, and the Bucks, 
reality starting to set in. <laughs> teams are not good. And yeah. I mean, Green Bay last week should have won. Two interceptions inside the five-yard line and bad interceptions. This, the one that they, they were throwing a ball to an offensive lineman. Is that where they've gone? You know, from a, a team perspective, that they have to scheme up these plays to get an eligible offensive lineman the ball. Just you know, they are broken. Uh, their defense was supposed to be good this year. They're not. They lost their top player last week in, in Rashawn Gary to ACL. Their receivers, I think, lack any sort of confidence. You can see the body language every week between Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers. It's not good there. And hey, maybe they pull something out of their butt this week against Dallas, and they, you know, since they're at home and you know, get the crowd behind them. But they've lost five in a row, and not even to like great teams. They lost to the Jets in a weird game. You know, special teams dominated. They lost to Washington. They lost to um, Detroit. Like, there's there's something weird going on there, and I don't know if if it matters even if they win because I just don't think the sustainability of that team is there you know Dallas is fresh coming off a bye they seem to have figured things out offensively a bit you know Tony Pollard might be one of the X factors for them moving forward Uh, but yeah I mean I think after last week watching them those three teams play I, I just have to say like they're not very good at all and I think that's just the way it's going to be the rest of this year, and it's kind of nice, to be honest, because you have some new teams that have an opportunity to to make the playoffs and make some noise, but, yeah, I, I mean, we're nine weeks in. If these teams haven't figured it out now, there's not much time left for them to do so. Any final thoughts, Danny? No, I mean, an inter- I, every week is an interesting week, right, when football is going on. <laughs> I'm very intrigued by the Minnesota Buffalo matchup this week, with or without Josh Allen. Um, obviously, if Josh Allen plays, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. If he doesn't play, you know, how does Buffalo respond? I think there's some sneaky games in here too. Um, I think Denver, Tennessee is a sneaky game to keep an eye on. You know, Denver one lot one before the bye. Can they carry some momentum against a Tennessee team that, without Ryan Tannehill, needs? Dennis, uh, Derek Henry to run for 400 yards to win. I also think the Jacksonville Kansas City game is is sneaky. You know, Jacksonville is their record is what three and six, but they have a pretty good defense. You know, how do they match up against Mahomes and the Chiefs? I think that should be an interesting matchup as well on, on Sunday. One, I don't think that's going to get a lot of attention, but I'm, I'm intrigued by that matchup definitely. They're slowly playing better. And it's not Trevor Lawrence, you know, going nuts yet, but they're slowly playing better. Their defense is good. They're a top 10 defense. Go figure, right? Um, they've, they've lost some games because of their inability to understand how to win. But as they continue to win games like they did last week, they're going to start to gain some more confidence. So, I mean, that, that division, too, is still up in the air. The AFC South is garbage. <laughs> I think the only team that doesn't have a chance is Houston. Um, you it's know, like I the think, NFC South. Both Souths are just awful. Yeah, I think I think Indy's done too. Uh, I'll, I, I think I can confidently say that they're done uh, as well. But you know, Jacksonville still has an opportunity. I think to still you know 
nip at the heels of Tennessee a bit, but I think it's going to be tough for them to, to get over them. But, um, yeah, I was impressed by them last week, down 17 nothing, coming back to win that game. I, I think maybe kill the Raiders season in, in, the, uh, in the process. You never know what will happen on any given Sunday. That title would make it a very good movie, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> Danny Flecker, thank you, as always, for joining us on Teen It Up. No problem, man. Have a good weekend. You got it. Same to you. And uh, I hope everybody out there enjoys their football weekend.